0: Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve.
1: Today is what we have promoted to be Vision Sunday. And today we're going to spend some time talking with you about the mission and the vision of Faith Assembly Church. Now, as we do that, you may not feel as excited or as warm and fuzzy about that as you maybe do when we talk about other topics in particular. Um, maybe, Maybe you like something that you feel like is maybe a little more, has a little more spiritual depth to it, and maybe you're here today and as we begin to talk about mission and vision, in your mind, you're thinking, well, Pastor, I... You and Pastor Lisa, we really appreciate your vision and we appreciate that said to us so many times and and we appreciate the kindness and everything that people extend when they're saying that. But we are not the sole proprietors of vision for this body. We are the chief stewards, but we're not the only people who need to have vision for this church. And if you think in your mind that maybe vision and mission or types of discussions that need to take place in, in the confines of a boardroom or maybe at a pastoral staff meeting or something. But let's move on to something different here in the context of Sunday morning worship. Can I tell you something? That it is absolutely of utmost importance that you and I as a body of believers come together periodically and we rehearse the mission and the vision of the church and we all gain an understanding of where we are as a body of believers and where we're headed. It's very scriptural. As a matter of fact, we read these words in Habakkuk chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. The Lord speaks to the prophet and says this, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Can I tell you something, church? I believe that the time of the coming of the Lord is near. I believe with all my heart that in any moment, the twinkling of an eye, that the trumpet could sound, the dead in Christ would raise, and then the church would be raptured from this earth. And can I tell you, if there's ever been a time that the church needs to run with purpose and run with distinction in what it's doing, it is now. We need to run. We need to run with clarity. We need to run with mission. We need to run with purpose. And I want to I read from you here. I, you've heard this passage of Scripture quoted many times, but you've usually heard it in something that resembles the King James rendering of it. But I want to read to you from the message, the verse that we usually state that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You've heard that. I love Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this verse because I really believe it captures the heart of what the Holy Spirit's saying to us here in this Proverbs 29, 18 passage. And it says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. Now the church is historically known for having any kind of silly argument and it may range from the color of the carpet in this worship center all the way through any number of just really peripheral issues and I would submit to you this morning that Any church that has ever become divided, any church that has ever found itself in a state of argument over peripheral issues that are not central to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the work of the Great Commission, any church that has found itself in that spot is because they have lost sight of what God is doing. They've lost sight of what God is doing and now they begin stumbling over themselves Let me tell you something, when I've got my eye on a lost and dying world outside of these doors, I don't have time to worry about the flaws and the imperfections and the differences between me and my brother in the house. And if they're looking at the same thing, then we're walking the same way in unison. But when the people lose sight of what God is doing, when they can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So it's important today that you and I take a few minutes and specifically review our mission and purpose as a church. And we assess where we are in that mission and and where we're headed from here. Let me just say this. That if you've ever been under the impression that church was a place that existed simply to inform people about the things of God in a manner that was satisfactory or pleasing to them with the expectation of little more than I will be morally superior to the people who are outside of the church, then you have missed it. You're wrong. Let me ask you this question. How many of you would consider that you yourself are in ministry? Okay, that's good. I'm going to return to that question here in just a minute. So oftentimes in the church, we look at the pastor, the pastoral staff, we look at the foreign missionaries that we support we we look at those that are engaged in you know community projects and all those things and we classify them as those people who are in ministry that those are the people who do the ministry. And, you know, the truth is the Bible is explicitly clear that the work of those that we consider most to be in ministry is not as much a ministry position at all as it is a coaching position. That we serve to coach, to train other people for the ministry. As a matter of fact, we read in Ephesians chapter four, these words that says, and he himself, he himself is Jesus. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Those are the people we consider in ministry, right? He gave those to the church for the equipping of the saints. How many saints do we have? Sweet Lord, let me stop and give the altar call right now. (laughs) Jesus, all right, I've been waiting for this opportunity for the lost to come in, amen. How many saints do we have in the house today? Yeah, absolutely. If you claim the name of Christ, if you are born again, then you are a saint. You're set apart. You know, that's, you know there's a bunch of nuances that surround that in other traditions I know and understand. But really, sainthood really is dependent on have we received Jesus into our lives or not. It's as simple as that. And the word here says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now I'll ask you again, how many of you would consider yourself to be in ministry? That should be all of us. We should all lift our hands. Everybody who lifted their hands and said, you know what, I believe I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am a life that is set free and transformed by the power of God. I am a saint. Should also, by virtue of your sainthood, make you a minister. You're a minister. And today... I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but a little later on this afternoon, there's gonna be a football game. Any of you heard anything about it? And today, two teams are gonna meet on the field, and it's not gonna be without purpose. The mission is known, the plans have been rehearsed, and they're ready to execute. And both of these teams are going to approach the field today. They've had strategists and analysts looking at this thing and they know all of the strengths and weaknesses. They've done a full analysis and they know how to overcome their opponent. The question is not, is the plan ready? The question is not, is everybody on the team on the same page? The question is, how well will they execute said plan. And whoever is best able to execute their plan will be the victor in today's contest. And I got to tell you something. And you've got to love me after I tell you this. But I'm going to tell you anyway. The church has spent enough time rehearsing the playbook. I said, the church has spent enough time rehearsing the playbook. You want to know why our society is in the shape that it's in? You want to know why we see the immorality, the filth, the degradation that we see in our world every day? It's not because the devil's so big, bad, and powerful. We read and celebrated earlier that Jesus said, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. The issue is that the church for so long has come into houses of worship scattered all over this nation. Everywhere you look, there's a little church filling up an acre of land. And every week, week in and week out, and week in and week out, saints come in and saints go out and they rehearse the playbook, but the reluctance has been in going out to the mission field and executing the plan. You want to know who's going to win the contest? I can tell you who's going to win the contest. It's already in the back of the book. Listen, I've had people tell me, and I said this in the first service, and I say it to you and and understand that it is with the deepest compassion in my heart. Pastor Lisa and myself, we love you people, all of you. We weep over you. We pray over you. But, you know, I, I have actually had people come to me and tell me that as a pastor, That I spent too much time talking about and preaching and teaching about reaching out to lost people. And that really my focus needed to shift and I needed to pay more attention to the church people. And I'm sorry... If it seems that way or if it seems like that, I don't care. But can I tell you that I am intimately more concerned about a soul that is still lost and bound for hell than I am over one that has warmed the church pew for decades? I'm sorry if the right number of people, the adequate number of people from the church didn't call you when you were sick. I'm sorry if the right pastoral staff person didn't stop by your room at the hospital. We do the best we can to get there. But can I tell you on the authority of the word of the Lord, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You've got the victory. Walk in it. Exercise it. Live it. You've got it, but can I tell you outside these doors, there is a world that is hurting. There is a world that is lost. There is a world that is undone, and we need to be Jesus to those people. That's why our mission Our mission here at Faith Assembly is this. It's rooted in the word of the Lord, and it simply says this, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So we adopted a mission here at Faith Assembly Church several years ago. Now, as a matter of fact, it was Super Bowl Sunday four years ago that I came and was called as your pastor. So man, time flies when you're having fun. But our mission that we adopted, landing here was simply this: to develop faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We're we're not trying to make you fans of our ministry. We're not trying to make you super fans of the church. We're trying to make people and help people and position people to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the agenda. That's all there is. We want to introduce people to Christ We want to walk with people through their spiritual growth and their walk of faith. We want to deploy people into the mission field, be it right outside these doors or across the world. We believe that every believer is responsible for helping to fulfill the Great Commission. And that may seem simple to you this morning, but the truth is that the church has often been made about so many other and less important things. But that is what we are called out to be, is to be Jesus in this generation and to be leading people to to a relationship with Jesus Christ, our resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords. And I would add to that that there is no greater There's no more worthy investment of our time, energy, and resources than the mission of developing faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Consequently, our vision in that is that as we go out in a community as diverse as Greenville and Winterville, North Carolina, and we see people, and I'll I'll challenge you as I did the first service this morning. Man, we had a great first service. But I'll challenge you as I did those folks this morning. When you go to lunchtime today, I want you to look around wherever you go. Whatever trough you crawl up to, just look around. Observe the people in that room. You're going to see people who don't look like you, who don't dress like you who perhaps don't speak the same language as you you're going to see people who is obvious that they embrace a different religion than you and just look around that's who we want to see in our church that's who we want to see in our church when you when you go out this afternoon you're going to see people standing on the street corner. And they're going to be holding their little cardboard signs, and they're going to have a sad look on their face. When you go in the grocery store later this week, maybe this afternoon, you're going to see people in their pajamas. I don't get it. If that's your deal, hey, you do you. I don't wear my pajamas to public places. You're going to see people that their choice in hair color is going to make you question every other decision they've ever made in life. You're going to see people Whose tendencies and orientations sexually and sexual matters are obviously different than yours. And you're going to pass these people and you're going to scratch your head and you're going to say, What in the world is wrong with them? And I'll tell you, they're broken. They're broken. They just need Jesus. And I'm telling you, we've moved as a nation and even sometimes as a church to where we think that what they need is a program and what they need is something that is therapeutic, but what they need is the bond-breaking power of the gospel of Jesus Christ imparted into their lives. What they need is for a body of people to rise up and walk in the action of what they say they are week after week after week. What they really need is for a church that stops rehearsing the game plan and goes out and executes. And we want our church to be a reflection of heaven. You say, well, Pastor, what does that look like? Here we go. Revelation chapter 7, it says this. And after this I looked, and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count. From every, everybody say every, Every. nation, tribe, people, people, and language. And they were standing before the throne and before the Lamb and they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God. My goodness, I can't wait for the day. I can't wait for the day to stand in this pulpit and preach to you and I declare by the strength and the help of Almighty God that it will happen. It may not be two services, it may not be three, it may be whatever's required. And I can tell you this, I'm not looking for the disgruntled or the dissatisfied from the the church down the corner or over, over across town to come in here because they didn't like something that was there because give them enough time and they won't like it here. I want to see people with a new song in their heart. I want to see people that have been set free and changed and transformed by the power of God. I want to see people that have had terrible vices of addiction that held them their lives, that had terrible mental, emotional oppression that was lifted off of them. And they can come and stand in this place with us and they too can lift their hands and wave their praise and say salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Praise God forever and ever and ever. Now, I want to share with you a couple of things, and Pastor Lisa's coming in in a moment and and share with you as we conclude here this morning. But I want to share with you just a few ways that we are executing this this mission and this vision. In this church, through Faith Assembly, through the ministries that are here, we do this any number of ways in the house. You may see connect groups, and if you're not a member of a connect group, you need to get in one. It It is enriching for your life. You need to do that. Right now we have a number of kids, dozens of kids that are back here in the back of this church who are being ministered the truth of God's word. They are having seeds sown into their lives that when they grow up, when they get old, there will be something imparted into their lives right now that regardless of the choice that they make later on down the road, regardless of the directions that they take, there will be the residue of a word that is quickened by the Holy Spirit in due season that will lead them back to the right path. We believe that. We have youth ministry. Our youth group's going to be meeting tonight praising God. Hearing the word of the Lord being built up in their faith. Our men's and women's ministries are rolling. I, I don't, we don't have time this morning to tell all that's going on through those ministries. We have a number of you that are serving to make things happen here at the church. This is not an all-inclusive list, but here are a few ways that, that you guys are serving. That is making a tremendous impact. Our First Impressions and Ushers team... I got to tell you guys that we hear report after report after report that says, hey, why you visited around? Why did you choose faith assembly? And it says that they say this almost to the person. I wish they'd say it was because of a great preacher. (laughs) Pastor Trey may wish that it was because of good music. But invariably to the person, they say, it's because I was noticed. When I came through the door, the love and the warmth that I felt, people recognized me and I felt welcome there. It is is making a tremendous impact. There's so many of you that are volunteering for outreach events, so many of you that are serving in our care ministry, out in the community. We have our Pulse College ministry that's that's rolling steam right now and and just really doing a great job and we're going to say more about that in just a minute. We've got various service projects that flow out of this church every, at least on a monthly basis, if not more frequently. We have people that visit the hospice house to minister to people in their deepest time of need. We have people that feed folks at the homeless shelter. We have folks on the high school campus, Pastor Jason serving there and ministering to people and making a difference in the lives of those young men and women who are there, training them up as leaders in the community with godly principle, not just what the world says, but according to to the word of the Lord we have partnerships listen when someone's doing something else that and we see we say wow that fits the mission of who we are and what we'd like to accomplish with regard to kingdom work we don't try to reinvent the wheel but we partner with them and say hey this maybe is not a part of our gifting a part of our skill set and rather than try to recreate that thing or duplicate that effort we partner with people and both financially and prayerfully and I'm happy to report to you that last year we gave $83,492.80 to our mission partners. We have, we have five local mission partnerships right here in this community. We partner with the Pregnancy Care Center because we believe in the sanctity of life. We believe that God has a plan and God has a purpose. Listen to me. There is no such thing as an illegitimate child. There are illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. We partner with the Greenville Community Shelter because we believe in the principle of a cup of cold water given in the name of Christ. We partner with the Gideons because we believe that there's power in the word of the Lord to change a life. We have six missions partners across this state, 13 missions partners across the nation. We have 20 foreign missionary partners who cover the globe with the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are delighted that we can reach that way through our missionary partners. But in 2020, we're trusting the Lord in two ways. There's so much already going on here that we don't have time this morning to cover it all. But in 2020, we are distinctly Trusting God for two things And we don't have all the details just yet And we're not quite ready to disclose in depth What those things are But we can categorize them for you And a few minutes ago we received an offering And we said listen we need your continued support And we do need your continued support But it's not just financially It's also prayerfully Because it's not by might Nor by power And it's not solely with money, but it's by the spirit of the living God. As we give our resources and we trust him to do more with it than we could. But in 2020, and I'm going to ask Pastor Lisa to come because she's going to share with you in a moment. In 2020, we're trusting God for two things in particular. Number one is that we are trusting God for an increased gospel presence in the uptown slash college area. We're, We're so thankful for everything that God is doing through the Pulse College Ministries, but we believe there's so much more to be done. Listen, I I know that there are many of you that it's been your practice for years to get up from wherever you are, your house, whatever, and you get in your car and you travel to a a specific destination that you call the church and there you worship and there you receive nourishment from the Lord and then you leave. But can I tell you in an ever-changing world, that's not the way that everybody transacts or exchanges business. And go into all the world doesn't start once we leave the parameters of this city, but it starts right outside these doors. We've got to go. Can I tell you, the the uptown district that's full of apartment buildings and things like that, they're not all going to jump in their car on Sunday morning and rush out to a church on the edge of town. It may be necessary for us to go where they are with the good news of Jesus Christ. So, we just believe there's so much of a greater harvest to be reached in that area, and that's not just our college campus, but including that as well. Secondarily, we're believing God for an increased hands on, missional community outreach. You want me to explain that, don't you? Good. I'm going to. That means that we not only have church, but that means that we are the church actively in a tangible kind of way. We are the representation that is the hands and the feet of Christ. We're his feet going. We're his hands reaching to serve. As I said, go into all the world doesn't, is not only for the career missionary It's not just for the hungry and the foreign lands that need ministry. It's not just the hurting from the war-torn regions of the globe that need healing. So many people walk the streets of Greenville every day who need the good news of the gospel. When you leave this place, you'll see people today, you'll see people tomorrow through this week, and they're going to be rude. They're going to look weird. And they'll behave with great peculiarity. And as I said, you're going to wonder what in the world's wrong with them. They must have got up on the wrong side of the bed today. Let me tell you something, they're broken. You're even going to run into some people who try to smile and pretend that everything's okay. There's going to be a quickening on the inside of you that's going to bear witness to a different story. And you're going to understand that that smile is just a facade but inside they're empty, they're broken. Can I tell you, society has said to the church that it needs to stand down and it needs to be quiet for so long that we've almost started to believe it. And we come into this house and we freely express our praise and then we muzzle ourselves when we go out for fear of offending somebody. And we're afraid because they're not going to see from our vantage point or our point of view but can i tell you that there are people outside these doors that are yearning for someone to extend to them what the church of jesus christ has to offer and i want to be very clear about what i'm talking about here i am speaking about ways to position ourselves to have interaction first-hand interaction with the broken, broken and the hurting of our community to minister the love and the hope of Jesus Christ to them. I'm speaking about doing things that will cause us to have to sacrifice our leisure, our pleasure, or pause the building of our own kingdom for a moment as we weigh and consider the worth of a soul against eternity. Jesus says this, I want to be like Jesus. How I many of you want to be like Jesus? Jesus says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I can't save them, but I can seek them and I can lead them to a savior. And then the master told his servants, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Church, I believe that's the commission of Jesus for us today. Is that we go out into the country lanes, the highways, the hedges, and we compel them to come in. I've said this so many times, but the church is not the field of dreams. You remember that old movie, it said, if you build it, they will come. That's not the way the body of Christ was ever intended to operate. We've got to go out and bring them in so often we speak about not just having church but being the church and there's little doubt that when we leave this place we as individuals are going to need to let our light shine for christ through our lives but we also need to come together as a body and we're trusting god for those opportunities this year pastor lisa would you come and just add to this we we dream together we pray together We believe God together and what I've shared with you has just been a, I've just been the spokesperson for the both of us here thus far, but I'm gonna ask her to share a few extra words here with you this morning and kind of clarify some of this vision.
0: You know, I believe the presence of the Lord is in this place, amen? Do you sense his presence in here this morning? And I know that in this place this morning, in his presence, I know that he is calling people out people out because, you know what, great people don't do great things, but God does great things through surrendered people, and I believe this morning in His presence, He is asking us to surrender. He is asking us to believe for greater things. This morning, we don't wanna come into this place and just wish that things would change, but we want to be a difference maker. Look at your neighbor that you're sitting beside and tell them, you are a difference maker. Come on, tell them. Everybody in this place this morning, no matter where you are in your journey, you are a difference maker as we surrender to the will of the Lord and we know and believe that He is calling us to make a difference in this church that will flow out into our community, then we're gonna be a church who says, you know what, we're gonna worship in the middle of every storm. We are truly, in this coming year, we are gonna sing a little louder and we're gonna decide that we're going to intercede and believe for miracles. Come on, somebody choose to be a friend to the broken and in those places in our lives that we want to see the atmosphere change we're gonna decide that we're gonna change the atmosphere we're gonna stand on the Word of God and hold close to the promises of God and we're gonna change the atmosphere around us and how many of you know when you begin to change your atmosphere it will be contagious the things you want to see happen challenge you this morning church let's be a difference maker Romans eight eleven says but if the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is talking about if it can raise him from the dead it says that same spirit lives in us church and that it's going to quicken our mortal body and it's going to give us the strength in our bodies and our being to do everything that God has called us to do Over and over in the word of God, it talks about how the Holy Spirit will give us the power and the strength, not in who we are, but in who Christ is to be a difference maker. The Bible speaks about a church that is alive. And that is so deep on the inside of me because we are not a country club. We are not in this place today just to enjoy each other's company, although I love y'all very much and I enjoy seeing you. But we are called to be a living being who is on fire. Jesus and who is moving in this place and out into this community that God has called us to, a church, a group of people who understand that we have come into this place this morning to get our tanks full and to love on Jesus and to give him all the praise and glory that he deserves. But in turn, we're to go out those doors and we're to pour that out onto every person that God gives us the opportunity to touch. You have a serve card there that you've been given this morning, and I want you to start holding that in your hand right now because I believe the Lord's going to start calling some people out. Because Faith Assembly, this morning, we are a hospital. How many of you have ever been to the hospital? You go to the hospital, you're sick. You have a part of your body that is broken, and they do everything they can to make you well. They do everything they can to mend you up. And church, we're to be that kind of place where the broken and the hurting can come into this place and they can be loved on and they can be made well again because of who Jesus is. Because Jesus died on that cross and he gave all and he made a way that you could be saved and that you could be set free and that you could be made whole. And because of that, because of that, you know what the God you serve can do for others, amen? You know how faithful he is. You know how low you were when God saved you. And you know that he'll do that for everybody that you meet. What Jesus has done for us, we're to share that gospel with others. I was thinking about a time, it was, Pastor Steve reminded me in first service, it was six years ago. That we went on a trip to Ohio. We were actually on a church trip with a fine arts team and we were there for the kids to do their ministry at Fine Arts, but we were there at the hospital, at the hospital, at the hotel. At the hotel, we were going from one place to the other and there was like a long hallway and on both sides of the hallway, there were windows. And as I was going down the hallway, I looked out the window and there were hundreds of people out there on the lawn. You remember that, honey? There were hundreds of people out there. But as I walked down that hallway, I can still remember it like it was right now. I walked down that hallway and I just remember hearing the Holy Spirit say, look out that window. And I did, and when I looked out there, there was a young girl out in the middle of hundreds of people. And she was doing different things out there that made me catch, you know, the attention of her. And when I saw her, I just heard the Lord say, He said, I want you to pray for that girl. And I began to weep and I took the hand of my husband and we stood there in that hallway and I just began to weep and I said, I know this sounds crazy. I don't know why, but I need to pray for this girl. And you know, I began to think this morning, that's just like one of my daughters or your daughters or your granddaughter that church, we need to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive to what God is asking us to do because how many of you know, I don't know the difference that prayer made, but I know God asked me to pray for that girl and I believe with all my heart there could come a day that when the Lord comes back and I step into the gates of heaven, He could look at me and say, you see that girl over there? Because you were sensitive and because you obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit, she is rejoicing with the saints today and what a day that will be and i say that to you this morning to say that when you're out at walmart and you're at your job or wherever you are let's be sensitive that there's more to do than your agenda and there's more to do than the next bag of chips you need to get off the rack but there's somebody in that place that needs you to be sensitive and needs you to be a difference maker because your life matters and god has a plan And he has a purpose for each person in this room, no matter your age, no matter where you are in your journey. Pastor Steve reminds us of this quite often. And it's Ephesians 3, 20, 21. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Come on somebody, it's more than what we can think or imagine but it's about who God is and it's about the miracles and the wonder working power of the God we serve and I believe we're gonna experience it like never before in the coming days declare over you this morning that 2020 at Faith Assembly and in your life individually will be a year of God-sized dreams that you're going to begin to believe in who God has called you to be. And we're not going to just come in this place every Sunday just to see what God has in store for us, although I'm thankful for everything he has in store for me. But I'm going to stand and say, God, how do you want to use what you're doing in my life? God, how do you want to use me to be a blessing? How do you want to use me to change this church and this community for your glory? And if you that God has a plan and purpose for you and you will stand in this moment today and say, God, how do you wanna use me? What do you wanna do with my life? He will answer and he will give you divine appointments and he will give you opportunities to make a difference like never before. Get your serve card out and begin to pray over how God wants to use you here at Faith Assembly. God's gonna do great things, and every little part is a big part to God. Nothing is too small. God uses it all for His glory. So why don't you sign up to serve today and drop it off at the information desk. We'd love, love to have you join one of our teams. And I'm just super excited to see what God's gonna do. Not in faith assembly, but in you. Each one of you as part of the body of Christ, faith assembly